Hello, and thank you for joining us tonight on this episode of Horror Down South. My name is Ryan. This is Rodney. Guys, we got a really good topic tonight. We're going to really just basically jump straight into it. We're pretty excited about it. We've been talking about doing this location for a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it speaks bounds because this is probably my favorite paranormal location that I've ever researched. Even though I wasn't able to find a whole lot of information, I know Rodney found a good bit. He's uh, He's excited to give some of the history of it. And I think we should just dive right in. Well, first, I think we should apologize for being dark for two weeks. We just kind of disappeared. I, I do agree, and we are sorry. We were um, not ready to release this particular episode, so we kind of took a week off, got our bearings back, and now we're back. And we took a week off, and then we and that turned into another week off. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're... We've got it together now. Yes, we do. So, so uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Can a place truly be evil? Can it be so saturated with negative energy and dark history that it becomes infused with malevolence? There is such a place where the occurrences are so bad that the owner himself won't even go in the basement in fear of something happening to him. This location... Is called Bobby Mackey's Music World. The location was initially a slaughterhouse. The slaughterhouse was torn down at the turn of the 20th century, early 1900s, so that a roadhouse could be built on the property. The roadhouse would change hands and names until the property was purchased by a country singer by the name of Bobby Mackey. Multiple legends surround the history of this location, such as the legends of Pearl Bryan and... Johanna. Some claim this site is a portal to hell with a history of satanic activity. Mackie and his wife have appeared on episodes of Jerry Springer, Geraldo, and Real Ghosts. The location itself has been investigated many times, most notably by Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. It also appeared on an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, Is It Real, and Most Terrifying Places. So the first legend I'm going to cover is going to be the legend of Pearl Bryan. Which is, I actually find this to be the most credible one. There, there actually is evidence to back up that some of these events took place. So that definitely does make it the most credible. But uh, Pearl was the daughter of a wealthy farmer. She lived in Greencastle, Indiana in the late 1890s. A cousin of Brian introduced her to a dental student by the name of Scott Jackson. Scott Jackson was allegedly involved in a cult that would meet at the old slaughterhouse that would one day become Bobby Mackey's Music World. Jackson would eventually impregnate Pearl. In February 1896, Pearl informed her parents she was going to Indianapolis. However, unbeknownst to the elder Brian's, Pearl was headed to Cincinnati to meet Jackson and his roommate, Alonzo Whaling. <clears throat> Their plans were for Jackson to perform an abortion. Jackson initially forced Pearl to ingest a large amount of cocaine in an attempt to terminate her pregnancy. When this failed, 
Jackson would then attempt to utilize his dental tools in what would become another botched abortion. Following the second failed attempt, the trio crossed the Ohio River into Kentucky. Upon arriving in a secluded spot, the two men murdered Pearl, severing her head with dental tools while she was still alive. Her body was found less than two miles from the old slaughterhouse, the future location of Bobby Mackey's music world. Now, did they say that her head was never discovered? From what I can ascertain, her head was not discovered. They were actually able to identify her body based on the imprint on the shoes she was wearing. They traced it back, and they found out that Pearl Bryant was the owner of these shoes. Um, The two men were arrested. Whaling actually testified against Jackson, hoping to save his own skin. Uh, William Wood was also arrested. He was charged as an accomplice, but he testified against both men, and the charges against him were dropped. When offered life sentences instead of execution in exchange for the location of Pearl's head, the men refused. Both men were sent to the gallows. According to legend, the men refused to reveal the location of Pearl's head because they were afraid of what Satan would do to them if they did. Also, according to legends surrounding this incident, many of the police and the attorneys involved supposedly experienced tragic ends as well. So that leads us to believe that Jackson and Whaling were dabbing, dabbling in the occult. There, there's been some speculation. I don't think there's anything concrete to say that they were, but that does seem to fit with this legend. Yeah, I mean, everything that I've read and researched, and which was really strange because every page I went to had the same information, and I was like, "How do are these? How are all these people having the same information?" Well, I think it's. For one thing, there's not really a mainstream uh, group of people who are putting this information out there constantly. They're going and doing all this research. Yeah, there's a bunch of smaller independent groups who are going and doing this. Like we mentioned ghost hunters and ghost adventures. Like people are doing it. There's just not, the scientific community doesn't accept the paranormal as being paranormal. They think there's. Yeah. A logical explanation. I, I used air quotes. You guys couldn't see that. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they and that's that's the truth. They do. They, but even though we take scientific technology and use it to uncover these EVP or electric voice phenomena, so maybe if the equipment does get better and we get more conclusive evidence you can you know we can look at a video and see an apparition and we can say okay this is exactly what this is and you know it's accepted that this stuff exists yeah there'll be more going on people will do more and there'll be more than just this legend of pearl brian and the the next legend i'm going to share the legend of johanna um there'd be more than that oh yeah people would be sharing their experiences and to, to an extent, we do have that. There are chat rooms and Reddit and stuff like that where people share their experiences, but there's no like mainstream scientific 
journal that's like, oh, here's all this. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it so hard for us as investigative paranormalist cryptic cryptid type uh, reporters, I guess is what you would call us. I, mean, I really don't, I don't know if you would call us reporters. Nah, we're just podcast like, hosts. Podcast hosts. <laughs> well, we we dig and we we uncover information, but it makes it hard on us when science doesn't want to agree with what we agree with. Yeah, and I, I feel that that whole fear that the scientific community is going to dismiss it. I think that definitely lessens the scope that we're able to pull from it does people don't want to share their experiences no. because they don't want to be told by someone who they may perceive as thinking that they're better than them because they are oh, science science i i love science science oh, yeah. is great it's given us a lot of great things but i can see where certain people can maybe find those people pretentious and that would turn them away. There's any degree of things could turn somebody away. So until there's a broader consensus, we're, we're forced to choose from our slim pickings. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's a, it's a lot of digging and, and uncovering and that's part of why we love what we do. Yeah. It's, it's good fun. It is absolutely good fun. I actually did the research for this, when I was giving exams, like I'm, I'm a teacher's assistant. I had to go administer my boss's exams. He was unable to get to the college to do that. I, I sat in his office and did all the research there. Hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I sell cell phones, and I was sitting in the middle of working with a customer, <laughs> uncovering needs on where, on how I could help them with their bill, and had a web page pulled up of Bobby Mackey's. I mean, it's. We we don't just do this stuff in our off time. We do it when we're at work too, and I think that's what makes us. I think that's why we we love doing it. Yeah, I mean, we we're definitely in positions where we have some downtime on our jobs where we can do this, and that's great. That's absolutely wonderful. I, I'm not going to have this job for too much longer, but I'm going to enjoy it while I've got it. <laughs> why not? I mean, money's and, money. Yeah, and especially if I can. If I've got moments where I can get this done, so that way, if life does throw me a curveball and like it did these past couple of weeks, yep. we, stuff just kept coming up and we were unable to do it, and now we can. And we're here. But um, the next next legend, uh, I guess I've already mentioned it, uh, Johanna. Johanna. Don't really have as much to say about Johanna as I did Pearl, but it's still the second most prominent legend yeah, I, I guess I would say second most but uh Johanna is said to have been the daughter of one of the club's owners the the legend of Johanna came about sometime between the end of prohibition and when Bobby Mackey purchased the property so maybe sometime in the between the 30s and the 50s is when this legend started um, according to the legend Johanna fell in love with a singer who had been performing at the club. She would later become pregnant by this singer, which infuriated her father. Her father used his criminal connections to have the singer killed. Distraught, Johanna made an attempt to poison her father and later committed suicide herself. And her vengeful spirit is said to haunt Bobby Mackey's to this day. One thing I didn't mention with Pearl was that she was five months pregnant 
According to my research, she was five months pregnant. Yes. According to the legend of Johanna, she was also five months pregnant when she took her own life. Yes. So that's two instances where women were five months pregnant and a tragic event struck them on or near this property. And we're not done yet. Yeah, they're actually... There's some more information there that's going to make this go, make everyone go, hmm, because it's it's extremely coincidental. And I really thought that was an interesting bit of information. It's something that I'd seen in the the Ghost Hunters episode. Yes. The Ghost Adventures episode. I haven't actually watched any of the other episodes that I mentioned earlier, but... That does seem to be a recurring thing, and maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. It might not be. It, I don't know. I'm I'm a little torn on it. I just I don't. According to what I've got, it's just it's crazy because, I mean, what I've got right here tells me. That it's going to fit into what you've just talked about. Fair enough. And, yeah, we we haven't talked a whole lot about the, the overall history of the place. We touched on these two legends so far, and Ryan's going to cover some paranormal experiences. I believe that's the bulk of what he's going to share with you guys. Um, after this place became a roadhouse, and during Prohibition and following Prohibition, this place was run by criminals. Yeah. You know, the gambling, all kinds of illegal activities were going on here, and that just adds more to the tragic history of this place. People were killed. People committed suicide. And all that energy supposedly has left a, a mark on this place. And it's, it's stone tape theory. Yes, yes. It, it could tie into the stone tape theory, and we're going to cover that eventually. I mean, I know we've mentioned what that is before, but... That's just a topic that we really want to put a lot into so we can deliver some coherent information yeah. about. So. I mean, it's basically residual energy sticking yes, in, yes. and sinking into the floorboards and into the, into the creeks and crevices of any location that has had tragic things happen to it, like Bobby Mackey's or what used to be the Latin Quarters yeah. or yeah. what used to be uh, the Slaughterhouse. Yes. I mean, just... It's just too much dark history in this place for there not to be some sort of residual energy and hauntings. And apparently a lot of people have experiences. There's a sign on the outside before you go in warning patrons it's a haunted location and the owner's not responsible for anything a spirit might do. Exactly. So, I mean... It, it sounds like there's something going on. That sign was posted by Bobby Mackey himself. He actually put that sign up. So I would, too. Yeah. It, it, it absolves you from any responsibility yes, for something that might happen. And they hold ghost tours. Yes, yes, they do. And uh, Not cheap, though, I will tell you. <laughs> they are not cheap. I looked at them today. There's nothing cheap about that place. But if you want to get scared, you want to go into a basement where satanic rituals have said to have been held and the portal to hell is located, I challenge you. <laughs> I'm, we're challenging ourselves. We're going to do it. 
We just have to get the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one day we're going. One day. We're, one day. <laughs> one day. This is one of the places we really wanted to to hit, and we're going to tackle several locations on the way through there. So. Yeah, we're going to hit Bobby Mackey's and then make our way to Trans Allegheny and do that overnight tour, which is a lot cheaper. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so. It's going to take a lot of money, but we're going to make it happen. Oh, absolutely. We want to do this not only for ourselves, but for our listeners, for y'all. So, um, T- tell us what you got. Let's, yeah. let's get back on track. <laughs> yeah. So, um, apparently, when Robert, uh, Robert Randall Mackey, which is actually known as Bobby Mackey, in short, took ownership of this place. He hired one guy, his first guy he ever he had hired from the time he took it over. His name was Carl Lawson. This guy, he said, I know everything about this place. I know about the history. I know how everything works. I know what to do. You don't have to pay me. I will just be your help. Just let me live here. Because he didn't, Carl apparently didn't have a place to live. So Bobby says, okay, we'll take you on. So they hire Carl. Well, Carl lived in an apartment upstairs. So at the end of the night, when they were ready to shut Bobby's down, he would go downstairs, lock the doors, unplug the jukebox. He would do all of this, all of these things, and he would go to bed. Well, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, he would hear the jukebox cut off. He thought, you know, this is weird. I just went. I just unplugged it. This thirty minutes ago. I unplugged this thing. So he runs downstairs, and the jukebox is playing. And this this is his words. The jukebox is playing. I mean, it's a honky tonk. So it's clearly unplugged from the wall. So he's thinking, well, how in the world is this thing playing if it's unplugged from the wall? And so he goes back to bed. I mean, there's. And then eventually, about five minutes later, when he gets to his room, it shuts off. And this continues for months. And Carl, knowing the place, knowing the 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 torrential history of this place, knows that there's probably something here. He even states in one of his articles that he's seen a headless woman in turn-of-the-century clothing looks like Pearl Bryan, he says. That's not all. It gets crazier. So, speaking to the same topic, he actually ends up possessed. He gets possessed by some malevolent force that takes over his body. There is actually an exorcism video on YouTube. There's two parts to it. You can go watch it for yourself. It's pretty cool. They... They really, they're trying to get this, whatever this is, out of him. And it's not wanting to go. Uh, I think Ghost Adventures covered it in their episode. Where they showed a clip of this video. If you uh, got to watch it, it 
that one was po- I think they released that episode in 2008. It was their first episode. They actually returned to Bobby Mackey's in 2010, and both times Zach Bagans was possessed and had to have a priest do a cleansing on him and several more cleansings after that in order to be exonerated. So I thought that was crazy. (laughs) That's just wild. And, I mean, there's just so much more. I mean, speaking to Carl, Janet, Bobby's wife, was also experiencing things. And when Janet would tell Bobby what was going on, he wouldn't believe her. He was a skeptic. He didn't think anything about it. He was like, no, you're just, you're seeing things. You're hearing things. Nothing's here. You know, I I don't believe this. You can't tell me anything that'll make me believe it. (laughs) Like, your wife is five months pregnant, and she gets pushed down the stairs and told to get out in that basement. That's what makes you believe? Because after that happened, that's what made him believe what what was going on. Yeah. So there's your another coincidence there. Five months. Three women, five months pregnant, two met tragic ends. One very well could have met a tragic end. Yes. And a lot of people believe it was the spirit of Scott Jackson. But there are other sources that also would say that it's Pearl Bright. Maybe maybe Scott doesn't like kids. Maybe maybe that's his problem. That that could be that could be it. Or the the one the man that was set to be married to Pearl. His name was Robert Randall Mickey. The guy that took the place over name was Robert Randall Mackey. Could Pearl have some sort of connection to these to these two men? And that's why she has attached herself to Bobby because he has stated that he's he has seen her himself. He even writ, wrote a song about her. Hmm. It's called Johanna. They actually, he actually sang it or they showed a clip of him singing it on Ghost Adventures. So, could it have been her that pushed Janet? Because she felt like she was being betrayed by her lover? I mean, who knows? That's that's kind of the thing we were talking about, you know. We were talking about it. There's only so much evidence we can uncover when it comes to the paranormal. Because technology isn't quite there yet when it comes to paranormal events and you know receiving EVPs and apparitions and things of that nature um you have anything to add to that no no all I had was uh, some stuff on the legends so I mean I know we didn't do a whole lot on this covering this topic but I feel like we we got the bulk, we got the meat of it. 
Yeah, I mean, there's only so many times we can say, oh, somebody was pushed. Oh, somebody was grabbed. Yeah. Oh, someone was told to get out. There's only so many times we can say that before it just becomes repetitive. And I, I believe Janet reported being picked up and thrown down by a divine entity. I, I believe that was in some of the research I did. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. <laughs> I, that would scare the absolute bejesus out of me. I mean, maybe we could have made an effort to find some personal experiences, but you got to think how many of those personal experiences are just completely made up because a person was trying to get some attention on the internet. Yeah. Like, like, like not, not in the same sense of, of a person trying to get attention in real life, but just like, Hey, here's this, this is what happened. And they're just trying to get some people riled up effectively. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot being posted about personal experiences. And this is the third paranormal location I've researched. We haven't done the other two topics. I've just been kind of messing around in my off time. And I can't seem to find anything personal. It's kind of weird. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe people are just aren't talking about their experiences or they're too afraid to share it. In, in the case of them not being believed and made fun of, I don't know because, and, and we won't know, even though we've had personal experiences with, with the paranormal and residual hauntings, that anybody will be able to fully believe it until they actually have those experiences. Right, right. I actually had something happen at my boss's house a I guess about a month ago, um, I made his bed, totally made the bed, and I left the room to, I guess, empty the trash or something. I can't remember why I left the room. I, I came back in. I just made this bed up. The bed was perfect. The cover was thrown off the bed. Like, and I, I couldn't, I, there's, there's nothing. He doesn't have any pets. He was on the complete opposite end of the house. Samantha was on the opposite end of the house. And she she's one of those people, she's not going to believe something until it happens. Like, even when I told her that story, she said, I wish I'd seen that because I, I just have to see it to believe it. And I, I understand that. That's, that. that's fine. That's a very respectable position to take. It, You know, you're not being overtly negative about it. You, you know, you... You want to experience it before you have an opinion on it. That's cool. But I've had dozens of experiences. Ryan's had a ton of experiences. So we we believe in that kind of stuff. But as far as as far as Bobby Mackey's being a haunted location, I there's there's a lot to suggest that maybe it is. And then there's some to suggest maybe it's not. Like some of the inconsistencies in legends and locations and experiences of some of the prominent people such as Bobby Mackey, Janet, Carl. There's so many of their experiences that aren't backed up credibly like Carl Lawson supposedly found Johanna's diary. There's there's actually nothing to suggest that Johanna existed. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't make sense for 
if if her father was the owner and this place was notorious for in that time period being run by criminals he most likely wouldn't have even let his daughter near the club they criminals would keep their families separate yeah. from what they were doing in it's order just, to protect them there's just so much with that story that just doesn't doesn't make sense yeah and as far as I knew, Johanna was a dancer. Yeah, I believe that's something that I I came across, and it just with the with the norms of the time when the, when Johanna supposedly lived, the story kind of falls apart. Yeah. Now Pearl, there there's documented stuff about this. There's there were the trials. They found the body. the The murder happened. Now the the head was supposedly thrown down the well. That's that's not supported by anything. I believe they actually did find a head in the well, but it wasn't it, it wasn't pearls. It was another females, and it was part of a pagan ritual that had taken place down in the basement of Bobby Mackey's. So that that's actually kind of kind of creepy to know that they actually did set satanic rituals down there yeah well i guess satanists have to do their thing somewhere and yeah you know i i shouldn't call them satanists because that would offend actual satanists yeah yeah well <laughs> i apologize to any actual satanist who might have been offended by that <laughs> and are listening to this right now uh, not my intentions i, I apologize but i mean Calling it what it is, you're, they were doing satanic rituals. They were, they were feeding the devil. At least, that's what they thought. That's what they thought. Yes, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but I think I think that's pretty much all for that topic. All right, um, that's that's awesome. I'm actually really glad we got that topic out of the way. I was excited to do it. I Man, I, I know you were excited to do it. I. I was, I was so so about it. I was I was like, yeah, it's it, there's some things that I can I can do some research into, and that'll be fine. That'll be fine. It's just not one of my favorite locations. I I just like it because it was old. It's an old school honky tonk, <laughs> and the jukebox plays when it's unplugged, and different things like that. Just weird paranormal instances that that just lead us into the darkness, and I I just like it. It's fair cool. enough. Well, that uh, that does it for Bobby Mackey's Music World. Got some, a couple of items, three items of news to share with you guys, actually. Whoa. Uh, TBS is producing a series based on the graphic novel Strange Times, which was authored by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 fame. Hmm. In the graphic novel... Uh, a group of skateboarders investigate their hometown's paranormal occurrences. I didn't see any firm date on when we could expect to see this show. I okay. just thought, I was like, oh, Tom DeLonge, Blink-182. Let's, let's share this. That's really cool. <laughs> and this is, this is probably, the, la- the, the next two pieces are probably my favorite bits of news that I've, I've done. The Shining. Along with Jurassic Park, have been added to the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. 
Films added to the National Film Registry are considered to be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and showcase the range and diversity of American film. They choose so many films every every year to be added, and this was the 25th anniversary, maybe? 25th or 30th anniversary. But Jurassic Park, one of my favorite films, and The Shining is it's great for what it is. It differs from the novel greatly, as most people know. But still, still a great film. So it was pretty exciting to know that those two films were considered so important that they should be added. Oh, wow. Um, Donald Moffat, the star of The Thing, has passed away. I did not know that. Well, I was just looking on Bloody Disgusting here. Shout out to them. They're really great at getting their articles out. Um, just happened to be looking out at it right now and saw that he had passed away at 87. And actually, uh, is it Steve Dash? Is that his, is that his name? The guy that played uh, Jason in Friday the 13th Part mm-hmm. 2. He passed away yesterday, I believe it was. He was in, I believe he was in his late 70s, maybe. He so had, we're just losing horror stars left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Lost Stan Lee like a month ago. Yep, and lost. You know, it's just been it's been a tragic couple of years for the horror community. It's been rough. Lost Ramiro. We've that really hurt. Yeah, absolutely. The final piece of news I have to share with you guys: Tremor Seven has a tentative release date of fall 2019. Michael Gross recently announced that he signed a contract to appear in the seventh installment of the long-running franchise. He will be reprising his role as Burt Gummer. Gross has appeared in every film in the franchise, five times as the gun-loving Burt Gummer, and once as Burt's great-grandfather? Grandfather? Huh. With the announcement earlier this year that Kevin Bacon's Tremors television show was canceled after the pilot was filmed, fans can rejoice knowing that a new entry in the film series is on the way. Tremors has always been one of my favorite franchises. I must have rented Tremors 1 and 2 two dozen times, three dozen <laughs> times when I was a child. Like We had four different video rental places when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster movie gallery, two local-owned places. <laughs> so it was like, that's where we went to get our PS2 games and our, you know, that was before GameStop was a thing. Yeah. And get our movies before we could get them in Redbox. <laughs> you know, Kids these days will never know. They'll never know the struggle. <laughs> but, uh that's all you got for that? That's that does it for the for the horror news. I'm super pumped for this new Tremors movie. That sounds awesome. I am super pumped for February when Walking Dead returns. Oh yeah, I've actually I, I stopped watching for I don't agree with some of the creative decisions, but I've been reading about what's going on and I'm probably going to have to start watching again. Yes, it's uh very interesting. Walking Dead is my all-time favorite TV show. I've always been in... I've had a love for zombies ever since Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And then his reprised film, Land of the Dead. Oh, that 
was a great, great that film. That was an awesome film. Great ending, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, man, I'm I'm telling you what I'm really excited for, and that's all these remakes. The new um, Child's Play remake. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. There's, there's some some stuff going on like with the original creators involvement and some changes that I'm, I'm not sure are going to work really well, but Hey, we'll see. I mean, we're, yeah. you're adapting a, a film from 30 years ago to try and fit with more modern times. And there's, there's going to be some changes. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, um, the original creator, whose name escapes me right now, uh, he is working on a television show to continue the storyline of his films, the Child's Play and the Chucky okay. film. So he's he he's going to continue what he's doing, and they're going to do their own thing with this remake. It's similar to Charles Band and Puppet Master. Uh, Full Moon's going to continue doing their Puppet Master series, but there was a remake of Puppet Master earlier this year. I haven't got to check that out yet, but... Looking forward to checking that out. Love Puppet Master. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, One more thing. I totally forgot about this, and it's it's tomorrow night. Uh, Joe Bob's Christmas uh, marathon, I, I, I guess, is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yes. Um, I forgot about it, too, because I should have known that it was going to be this week sometime, with it being Christmas almost being here so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that gonna gonna check that out for sure yeah i'm pretty excited that's all i've really got planned for tomorrow except for going to work (laughs) yeah i've got (laughs) to um possibly be headed to atlanta tomorrow so then turn around and go to work (laughs) you got a busy day tomorrow long day long long and busy day (laughs) well uh let's get out of here let's do it man As always, guys, we will see you in the darkness.